Hello, everybody, and welcome to a post-draft edition of the Steelers Cast on TimesOnline.com. I'm Chris Bradford, along with Chris Mueller, and we are at Casa de Bradford doing the post-draft podcast, talking today a little bit about the Steelers draft. With the hindsight of time, we know a little bit more about these guys and where the Steelers may have gone right, where they may have gone wrong. And actually, we are recording this on the 4th of May, which happens to be the birthday of one, well, not only me, <laughs> but James Harrison, who turns 39 today. Yeah. Thus, the Steelers did go after the uh, his hopeful replacement in the first round, taking T.J. Watt from the University of Wisconsin. Just a note, James Harrison, on the morning of his birthday, was doing 225-pound box uh, squats, you know, or box step-ups with a lot of weight on it. So, I mean, hey, that's really not a surprise just to ring in his birthday at 39. And what I did on 44 was I had breakfast. <laughs> he had breakfast, yeah. Um, but with T.J. Watt in the first round, the Steelers, as you said, hopefully getting uh, the likely replacement heir apparent to James Harrison. But it just remains to be seen how long that's going to take until Watt is ready to come in and uh, make any kind of impact, you know, or, or you know, assume a starting role. Because, um, as you know, he is still very – Mike Tomlin didn't want to use the word raw – but he's scratching the surface 18 months removed from a position change to outside linebacker. Yeah, played a tight end for the Badgers. Talked to Mike Caputo, the former West Allegheny uh, Pitt star. I'm sorry, not Pitt, West Allegheny and Wisconsin star about his former teammate. He, he raved about T.J. Watt. He liked the work ethic. He said that he reminded him a lot of J.J., uh -huh. the, the famous older brother, of course, from the Houston Texans. Uh, just the way that he prepared like a professional. So the good thing for the Steelers is you know he's going to be professional in that sense, but as, as we mentioned, he is going to be raw and – I think the good thing for the Steelers, they still do have that James Harrison, no matter that he is 39. So if T.J. Watt is to make an impact this season, it's likely to be in the second half when, yeah. when hopefully that the Steelers can take some of those snaps away from Harrison. That's the that's the perfect you know situation because James Harrison starts the year. It's kind of a flip-flop from last year where James was kind of worked in in the rotation to start the season to save his legs. And then you know starting from that Cleveland game and on, it was all Harrison and Bud Dupree as, as Bud Dupree returned. Um, I like T.J. Watt. Uh, I think he, you know, as you said, it's the, the work ethic that comes with the Watt last name is something to note. J.J. said on a conference call with uh, media that you know T.J. is more of a natural athlete. When that's so surprising, if, yeah. If you're getting that from from J.J., who's arguably you know well a three-time Defensive Player of the Year and arguably the most dominant play, player in the league, um, you know that's a plus. But there are some some kind of some some skepticism that comes along with T.J. Watt, too. He is 18 months removed uh, from, you know, that position change, a, posi a position change that came because of recurring knee injuries. And, you know, when you're getting those kind of knee injuries, two on each leg, and they, it wasn't ACLs, it was kneecaps, you know, that were, that were tearing, um, that that is a cause for concern, too, just because, you know, in the NFL, just takes one, one, thing, one snap, one wrong direction of the foot, one wrong pivot for that knee to, to buckle again. Yeah, I think the selection of Watt at uh, 30th overall wasn't. Uh, they didn't really reach for him. I think a lot. There was a few mocks that had the Steelers taking Watt. Uh, you know, I thought that was a good pick at that spot. It addresses a need. Uh -huh. We're going to give uh, draft grades on each of the, the Steelers picks this year. I'm going for T.J. Watt. I'm going on A minus. I thought that was a pretty solid move there. That the Steelers did go at the outside linebacker instead of maybe some other positions uh -huh. that uh, they could have gone with. But uh, I think he's going to be. I'm not sure what the ceiling is for T.J. Watt. Yeah. I, you know. I, you don't know if he's going to be the next James Harrison, but when James Harrison was uh, draft eligible, he didn't get drafted. So that goes right. to show you, you know, that these things are a bit of a crapshoot. Right. But but I, I I like Watts' potential. Yeah, I'm going to give it an A just for the same reasons. I, I think if Takaris McKinley was still on the board, he went a few <laughs> picks before to the Atlanta Falcons. 
Um, and also had a interesting, but res- I respect his kind of that that whole tangent. You know, when he got grandmother, when he, yeah, when he got picked. But um, I'm not sure the Steelers would have liked those expletives used. But um, I think if Takaris McKinley was still on the board, they would have drafted him over Watt just because of the athleticism. But um, that's that's the thing. You don't know how much upside he still has because he's kind of limited. He's more of a hardworking guy than an athletic guy. But for that pick. For who was available at 30th overall, I give it an A because you're, you know, it's TJ Watt. Right, and then, then we'll talk about here in the second round, the Steelers, I think surprised some people by taking the wide receiver as early as they did. I think there was, you know, obviously the Steelers would have taken this, uh, a receiver at some point, but they went as soon as the second round to take uh, Juju, si- uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm going to be tripping all over that name for the next uh, few years, but... Uh, you know, the Steelers said this was the guy that they had very high on the board. They were happy to have him there. And, you know, they did address the need. But, again, not sure they needed it in the second round. Right. And I have to give it, you know, I can't give it anything above a B just because cornerback was such a glaring issue, you know, with this team last year. And they are, and they arguably had one of the deepest receiving positions in the league. Now that kind of tapered off due to injuries and everything as the season went on and no Martavis Bryant, but when you get Martavis back in the mix and you're locked in that position, you know, you're, you're kind of steady, why not address a corner there? And I know uh, Chidobu uh, Woozy, you know, he went a couple picks before to the Cowboys. I feel like, again, kind of like the first round, if he were available, he would have been a perfect fit for the Steelers, someone that could step in and start. Um, but instead, they kind of – there's upside with this kid, youngest player in the draft, big possession receiver, Anquan Bolden mold, who Haley worked with in his career. Um, but it's just – it's puzzling because of how much of a need corner was. And, I mean, for me at least. Yeah, well, to me, it was, you know, getting the receiver, it seems like they're still having to get insurance for Martavis Bryant, who was re- officially reinstated, albeit conditionally, uh, the week a week earlier. You know, that they still have to protect themselves against Martavis Bryant. And here they are, you know, reach, I'm not saying Smith-Schuster's a reach, but they're reaching for wide receivers. And then after the announcements made that they're taking Smith-Schuster, you know, Martavis Bryant's running his mouth on Twitter. It's yeah. just a bad look for the Steelers. At, but at the same time, that's part of the... the that's part of why I really like this pick because I feel like it's going to, we saw the Twitter exchange between Coates and Martavis. It's going to light a fire under both of them to, to really, you know, it's going to, it's going to bring you know competition to that draft room even more than before. And it's like, maybe this is what Sammy Coates, not even Martavis, what, maybe this is what Sammy Coates really needed you know, yeah. to the point where it's almost like his job is on the line. If he doesn't come in and perform this season, that that's he's gone. And so that's the reason I like this pick um, and he's also a very good red zone target, which the Steelers had issues with uh, last season. He, he's good at jump balls. He's big, brings size. I think he's 6'2". And he has a really, I mean, if you watch some of his clips, he has a really competitive streak. Which, that's something that the Steelers like, the combat catches. And that's not what Sammy has, you know, in my no. opinion. And, and, <laughs> not at all. Yes. And neither did Martavis until, you know, did, yeah, see, until I wasn't a, little, a little bit later. Then, but, um, and so it has the potential to be a great pick. But, and also, because he's so young, he he's gonna survive. You know, once Ben Roethlisberger retires, when eventually that is, as long as Juju Smith-Schuster stays on that that kind of upward trajectory, he's gonna be around for post Roethlisberger, which is a good target to have. And you, you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. You wonder how much of an impact you know he had yeah. in that wanting that offensive weapon that he can count on. Mm-hmm. You know, usually it takes time to build a, a chemistry between quarterback and receiver, but I think Ben definitely wanted. Uh, uh, an offensive weapon for him, another offensive weapon for him, and, and sooner rather than later. So they take Juju Smith. I'm giving that pick. Uh, I'll go B. I'll yeah, that's what B. I said. Just because it's like 
it's a it's a double edged sword. Your hat, your they needed a corner. They could have gotten a corner in that round. Uh, the other Colorado cornerback, Akella Witherspoon, UCLA's Fabian uh, Fabian Morrow, they were there, and they decided to go receiver. But at the same time, kid has a ton of upside. Yeah, I like the the Moreau kid was one of the guys I had uh, yeah. you know penciled in for the Steelers. Uh, then in the third round, the Steelers finally did get around to addressing that the cornerback. They they did it with the first of their two picks in the in the third, taking mm-hmm. Cameron Sutton from University of Tennessee. Uh, it certainly fills a need and potentially a slot uh, corner for the Steelers and uh, potentially uh, a replacement maybe for Will Gay. Yeah, his size, you know, he can't. He's not. He's five eleven. He's not going to really be able to do much on the outside. Um, but what really was kind of surprising, not really surprising, but it was interesting to hear Cornell Lake, Steelers secondary coach, come out and say it was that they're going to be running more man coverage this upcoming season, which is what they didn't do against the Patriots, and that's also Sutton's best skill set is man coverage, you know, kind of bump and run. Um, to step into the slot, he also brings a special teams aspect in the return game, which the Steelers also need. That's another, uh, you know, fill something that they can fill. And the good part about Sutton, before his, his actual ankle fracture in his senior year, he started every game in the SEC throughout his four-year career, which is very hard to do. Especially in that league. Uh, you know, the thing with Sutton, we mentioned uh, about him being a possible slot corner. That also means that maybe Senquez Golson's days uh, might be numbered, sadly. And, you know, never yeah. got on the field after two years with uh, certain injuries. But you, you alluded to Mike Tomlin mentioning uh, he, he actually did in the uh, owners' meeting saying that the Steelers' problems was their inability to play man coverage. Uh-huh. So with Sutton, that uh, looks like they may be moving away from that zone that they just you know have been relying on uh, the last two years. Not much success, certainly not against New England in that championship game. At least mix it up more. At yeah. least you know not go straight zone, soft zone where where Tom Brady can pick you apart. I'm gonna give this pick a B plus. I just I like Sutton at that at that spot. I think he was the best player available in cornerback position. Um, the only downside I have is he's going to be called upon to step in and hold a big role right off the bat, which he might not be ready for. He said he finally started feeling like himself again at the Senior Bowl from that ankle fracture. Now, he did return earlier than that. but So, you know, you're, you're putting a lot on his shoulders um, to start. I think Will Gay also, though, is a great guy you can learn from. Yeah, and I, I think Sutton, of the picks, I, th- I think Sutton might have the chance to get the most snaps right away. Yeah. Then, of course, in the second, the, the compensatory pick in the third round, the Steelers made, you know, kind of a universally beloved pick by taking uh, former pit star James Conner. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a reach, I thought, for him there in the third round. I thought mm-hmm. there was definitely some mocks ahead Conner going in the fourth or the fifth. Yeah. But certainly a story everybody can rally behind. Uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, you can't really knock them from doing it. A little early, but they they fill the need with you know with a number two running back, someone who kind of complements Le'Veon well, and that he's a bruising uh, back, but also can catch passes out of the backfield. And what was interesting to me was, yeah, they, they maybe reached a little bit for Connor, but five running backs went in the fourth round. Right until the Steelers picked again, mm-hmm. so I feel like they they may have thought uh, he's not going to be around. You know, we need to take him on a chance. It's a compensatory pick. We already had a third rounder, um, and hey, if he turns out to, to kind of make you know make a, a solid a great career in, in a Steelers uniform, that's a movie. That's a Hollywood movie. <laughs> yeah. that in the well, future. they got the owner, uh, uh, Mr. Thomas Tall from Legendary Films, so he has an easy plot line to get with uh, James <laughs> Conner. For real, and yeah. he's a great kid. Yeah, yeah I, you know everything we've ever heard about the guy is, yeah. is great, and of course it'll be interesting to see what he does on the professional level. Uh, uh-huh. A lot made about the Connor pick. Now, fourth round, the Steelers take Joshua Dobbs, 
quarterback. You know, the Steelers, there was some talk. Would the Steelers take a quarterback? Would they not? Would they hold off until next year when maybe there's a better crop? But as you saw in the first round, with three quarterbacks taken in the first 12 picks, that mm -hmm. quarterbacks were pretty high on everyone's list, and the Steelers got in it on the fourth round taking Dobbs. Yeah, I mean, above the neck, uh, he's, he checks all the boxes. Very smart guy um, from his major to his internships. Now, on the field... He doesn't always make the smartest decisions. You know, kind of inaccurate for for uh, intermediate passing game through twelve a C, uh, career high twelve interceptions his senior year. Um, I'm gonna give the pick a B minus because you know if and that's kind of reaching. That's a little high, but I mean, it turns out you know I don't think they're they're looking at him as the the is the future quarter no. <laughs> franchise quarterback. But at the same time, hey, if it works out, he's a dual threat guy. He can run he can run a lot. He has a big arm. Um but you know who also had that? Vince Young. Yeah. And you know what happened Got him to him. Far. What <laughs> happened to him. So um remains to be seen. He's a guy, definitely we'll get into this later, but someone you're we're gonna wanna watch, you're gonna wanna watch come rookie camp. Yeah, I, I didn't get this pick at all. I, I thought this was kind of a waste of a pick. I, I would have held out until next year to may, maybe use a a second round pick or even the first round pick on the quarterback. Right. You know, you, you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. Well, he's going to be the quarterback this year and Landry Jones is going to be his backup. But there's been some talk of Dobbs is possibly going to push Landry Jones out of the backup spot. I don't see that happen happening. I like the fact that Jones is most similar to Ben Roethlisberger, that if something happens and given Roethlisberger's track history with, with injuries, it probably will that, you know, he's going to miss a start or two that Landry Jones you know, the Steelers can keep a consistent offense where you take this Josh Dobbs, a rookie, and, you know, yeah. he's, he's coming from a spread offense in the SEC, and I, I just don't see it working. And Desmond King from Iowa, projected second, third-round pick, fell to the fifth round. They could have selected him and had uh, a kind of – he was a corner in college, a future safety, you know, kind of someone that can step in and learn behind Mike Mitchell. Uh, so, you know, I don't – He's a great kid, a great guy, he seems like, just from rocket talking scientist. to him. Rocket <laughs> scientist, very smart. Um, he roommates with Cam Sutton, who's going to help in you know, college, which will help both of their transition to Pittsburgh. Um, but it's like they had grits. It's like the same thing over and over again. They had so much more greater need than a quarterback when you just re-sign Landry Jones. Um, so it's so that's why B minus is even stretching it. The I only reason I'm doing that is because of you know the kind of player they're getting, the hearts and smarts, a guy that's going to come in and work every day. And try to limit his thirty career fumbles. Right, uh, that, that's a little scary. That you know, so so ball security is another issue. Yeah, hearts and smarts aside, I'll go Dobbs at a C minus. I didn't get that one. Fifth round, the Steelers take Brian Allen, cornerback. They they go back to the cornerback position. This is, seems like just a depth piece. Yeah, he, he's a uh, tall guy. Tall guy, former wide receiver, switched two years from college. Carnell Lake said he felt he would go. He would have went higher had he played more time at corner. Um, but he's still, you know, he, he has a problem switching his hips. He didn't start a lot of games in, in college for Utah. He's kind of a project guy, maybe a practice squad, fringe practice squad. But, I mean, in your opinion, they found better fifth round guys in the fifth round than him. Oh, yeah. There's, you know, you can look at guys like Richard Sherman. You can find a cornerback sometimes in those mid-rounds. And, There's you know, they've gone on to have, you know, outstanding careers. So I'm not going to, you know, dismiss Brian Allen. I, you know, he, yeah. he brings some size. You know, he looks like a depth piece at this point. But, you know, if, if the Steelers like him, you know, I'll take them at their word. I, yeah. I'll, I'll give the pick a solid B minus. Yeah, I, I would give it a, a B just for the same reasons you did. Um, just for the fact, ah, no, I got to switch B minus too because I just think they had greater needs. Like you know, you, they didn't until the seventh round. They didn't 
get it kind of a, a insurance policy at outside linebacker for TJ Watt if TJ Watt doesn't pan out right away. You know, just to have another guy in the rotation that can kind of learn in that system. Um, what I think would would have been better than a project corner when Cody Sensible they just signed yes. him too. It's like and there's another depth corner most likely exactly. So it's like you already had a couple. Um, and what if Senquez Golson you mentioned earlier? What if he turns out to be healthy? And That'll be interesting. Gets on the roster and is kind of another depth guy. Well, that that's a good thing. If Senquez Golson does what, pan out, that'd yeah. be great for the Steelers. And Brian Allen, you know, a fifth round pick. There's no guarantees he's on a 53. Exactly. You know, he he possibly be a practice squad type guy. <laughs> the, the, the biggest head-scratcher, of course, came in the sixth round when the Steelers took, of all things, a long snapper, Colin Holba. F. <laughs> right away. I mean, I, how, how, I, I don't understand it. You know, they want to bring in competition for, for Greg, Greg Warren. For Greg Warren. Who doesn't the, really need competition. Who doesn't. Who's one of the longest-tenured Steelers. You can find long snappers in the free agency, an undrafted guy. Holba might have been an undrafted guy. I, don't, I mean, I don't see any other teams no. <laughs> reaching on a on a long snapper. So it's just, you know, you look at the the six round picks: eight Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, uh, and I'm sure there's others. But Enter it's Colin Holba, long snapper. Colin Holba, and it's just, you know, even if this guy does, I mean, I don't think they're gonna fill a practice squad spot with him. But it's like his name will be tarnished forever if he's in a Steeler as the guy they put a six-round pick on. I feel bad because I'm sure he, you know, he's... A wonderful young man. Exactly. But speaking of a wonderful older man is, is Greg Warren. I didn't see any reason to replace him at this point. You, you mentioned his age, and yeah, he is starting to get up there, but he's a long snapper. He can play until he's about 40. So I didn't, you know, maybe, there's nothing missing in his game as long as he's doing his job and you don't notice him, then maybe, why, maybe, make a, why bring in a competition? Maybe there's something we don't know in terms of an injury. And I think one of the one of the things they liked about Holbo was his coverage ability. You know, in, in, because, you know, a long snapper, although he has one job, once the ball snapped, you know, on punt, he's, he's, a, he's a one of the 11 right. men on the team that has to kind of tackle the punt returner. And I think that's what they liked about Holbo. He was 6'3". More athletic than Warren, you know, yeah. probably just because uh, of younger legs. Greg Warren did have his first fumble recovery last season. <laughs> yeah. So, he's, uh, so, I mean, I think that's that was their somewhat. That's the only thing I can bring out of it. But, I mean, come on. Long yeah, snapper. Long snapper. Yeah, I'll go with D-minus. I, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to fail the kid after not seeing him do his job. But that it, it, it was a wasted pick. I would have liked Dewan Price, the pick guy. Yeah, you know, that that's, been that's He was picked a few selections after that. And he's kind of – he could have played outside linebacker, pass rusher. I know – the NFL.com uh, draft comparisons, what most like NFL player he most you know kind of looks like or represents. James Harrison was their selection, so it's like you know a small, sturdy pass rusher guy. You never know. Then the seventh round, the Steelers uh, got a little defensive line depth, taking Keon Adams in the seventh mm-hmm. round. Yeah, he looks like just another. And given with the the injuries the Steelers have had, you know, you saw it last year when they were you know scratching you know just bringing up guys like Johnny Maxey to play right. to play on the D-line you know the Steelers did address that by getting uh, Keon Adams. Yeah, you can never have too much D-line depth. Um it'll be interesting to see if they if they put him in a, in a three-point stance or if they can kind of move him out and maybe play a little outside linebacker pass rushing. I don't see him as a coverage guy, kind of slow, mm-hmm. slow feet. Um, so I mean it's a seventh round pick. What do you but look, Tyler Medikevich made the roster last year, you know, their seventh go. rounder last season. So um, Kelvin Beachum a few years before that. Speaking of Medikevich, they don't address inside linebacker. The Steelers mm-hmm. don't. So it looks looking like him and Steven Johnson, maybe LJ Fort, are, they're comfortable enough with them as the backups uh, at the position since LT moves on and now it's Vince Williams and Shazier. 
who both have been injured with the latter especially. Yeah, I think it says a lot that they're comfortable with Vince Williams as a starter. They had that brief flirtation with Dante Hightower uh, in free agency. That didn't happen. So I don't know how Vince Williams thinks about this, That knowing that the Steelers did go after Dante Hightower, at least fairly hard, we assume, mm-hmm. and they end up back with Vince Williams and Ryan Shazier. Ryan Shazier, of course, has been a you know knock on wood, you know, some a lot of injuries over his uh, short career, and that's that's the Steelers inside linebackers right now. I, I'm I'm a lot of people were like giving mixed mixed uh, kind of on Vince Williams you know, when he did step in for Shazier during that time last year. I thought he played very well. I thought I I know the one game off the top of my head had like 18 tackles, led the team, and it's for a, a backup guy who and, and the special teams hit on Tyreek Hill against the Chiefs. I mean, you got oh, yeah. you know, and he's just he's a. It was the defining moment of that game. Anyone who steps in the Steelers locker room, you know, Vince is a personality. <laughs> he he's a good locker room. I mean, everyone loves him now. His teammates love him. <laughs> his teammates love him. Not as much the media, but he at the same time he is like you know he's a good guy. I he, think he's he, a pretty the good Steelers guy. like him. I'm sure Mike Tomlin. He's one of you know his favorites. So. Um, it's going to be a big year, and it's kind of indicative of their contract they gave him in, in the summer, last summer, um, that they're looking at him to take on the reins for LT. Yeah, there's going to be some uh, big shoes to fill. Indeed. All right, just a few minutes after the uh, Steelers concluded the 2017 draft, they made a little bit of a splash, especially locally, in their uh, list of undrafted free agents signing Hopewell's Russell Shell. It was kind of a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. You know, there was some talk that Shell might get drafted. Uh, a lot of people had him as about the 35th ranked uh, running back. This is a kid that has been, you know, people have been talking about him destined for greatness since the time he was boy, probably about 15 years old. Uh-huh. Yeah, it didn't quite pan out for him in college. Yeah. But here's his chance now, you know, possibly to, to get his way onto the hometown team with the Steelers. That would be you know, a great story. And I think he, he could definitely make the practice squad. He at least has the talent. It's about, you know, the – up here, is he ready to take it seriously? I know he kind of has people have character concerns about him, um, but I mean, he sounded kind of more mature. I know you wrote a story yeah. on him in, in the comments to you that he's kind of taking this. It's his one opportunity, and he's taken seriously as a chip on his shoulder because he wasn't drafted. Now, I, I saw he did say to you he thought there was only twenty, you know, that he was better than twenty four of the running backs yeah. selected ahead yeah. of him, and so. Maybe. I guess it was Fournette. It was yeah, Fournette. And then Fournette him. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I don't see that. <laughs> McCaffrey, you know, some Dalvin of these. Cook. Yeah, Dalvin Cook. Uh, but you got like, I guess you got like the confidence with that. Um, so he's definitely a guy intriguing. The other one, Scott Wendolph, the tight end from Pitt, yeah, notably had that breakout game against the eventual national champions in Clemson. Uh, I think it was 100, 128 yards, two touchdowns. He's another guy because they didn't draft the tight end where they could have got Jake Butt in the fourth round. Um, he's a guy to watch too, just you know, from the local perspective. And practice squad could make it like Xavier Grimble did a few years ago. Yeah, you, you mentioned the tight end position. Well, I, I guess the good news for the Steelers and, and looking at the, the start of the uh, offseason uh, workouts that they they began this week is that it looks like knock on wood again, Ladarius Green might be healthy. But uh, I was surprised the Steelers didn't address the uh, the tight end at, at the draft because there was talk that the Steelers could even take David uh, Njoku from University of Miami as soon as the first round. Right. And then they, you know, Cle- seven picks later, nothing. Cleveland snatched him up, and mm-hmm. he's gonna he's and then cut Gary Barnage the next day. So so it's like I mean he's a very I think he's gonna be good. Yeah, he's, he was an intriguing prospect. I, yeah. I, I would have liked to seen him uh, go to the Steelers. 
possibly at 62, but I don't think there was any chance he was going to get that far down. Nah, and it's like, but the Steelers, they have a lot of guys in the tight end room already. They re-signed David Johnson uh, in free agency this past offseason. Jesse James is still a project who they think, and I feel like they think he can he can be, you know, very a solid starting tight end. Yeah, I think they think Consistency issues were his problem. Yeah, I think uh, Jesse James may have turned a corner last season because I think going... Towards the end of the year. Yeah, I think going into it, when it got Ladarius Green, it was assumed that, you know, Jesse James was kind of, you know... The number two. He was like a distant number two that would be all Ladarius Green. And then when Green goes out, you know, Jesse James comes in. He played fairly well. Mm-hmm. Obviously not Ladarius Green, not David Njoku, but I think he's a solid tight end. You know, I think he got better as the year went yes. on. Because he had those drops in the beginning of the season, but then, you know, late when he had those catches on the game-winning drive against the Ravens, uh, I think, what, week 15? And, mm-hmm. like, you know, some other some other moments he, re- he really stepped up. Um, and then behind him, Xavier Grimble, speaking of drops, that's his main thing, and he got hurt a little bit. Um, but they still, he's kind of athletic, had, did have some nice touchdowns. He does have some athleticism. Yeah, he's kind of a red zone target. And then, um, yeah, DJ, the blocking, the, the veteran. Um, so I think that was the reasoning why they didn't draft the guy, because they have, you know, what, two, two young pieces, and Ladarius is mm-hmm. relatively young. And... Orndorff, I think this guy was a steal. I think he he's he's a big tar, six four, two fifty, um, and was arguably one of the best tight ends in pit history. But we'll get a look at Orndorff and Russell Shell uh, uh-huh. coming this coming weekend in the rookie minicamp. That'll be uh, what three days, May twelfth to the fourteenth. Oh, it's only two days uh, open to the media. But this yeah. will be the first time we get a look at all those guys, including T.J. Watt and uh-huh. Smith Schuster and all, all those guys. But who to you is the most intriguing guy? Who's who's the one guy? Again, it's football and shorts. It's yeah. it's May. You can't see a whole lot, but who 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 are you most interested in seeing? Dobbs, just because, as you said, football and shorts. I mean, we can watch T.J. Watt do pass rushing <laughs> drills and go through the the shoots um, all we want, but that won't really show us anything. Uh, Dobbs, you know, it's gonna. I mean, I'm gonna be focusing on how accurate is this kid. You know, are, are the reports true that he has problems? You know, in ten yards. Um, I also want to see his deep ball accuracy because he that was something that was to note uh, in all the draft stuff. 47 per, uh, throwing percentage on throws of, I think, 21 yards or more. So he was he was accurate deep, but it was kind of the intermediate throws. So he's the guy I'm going to see you know, how he works with uh, Smith-Schuster and some of the other young receiving targets that will be there. I'm sure maybe DeMarcus Ayers might might participate. I don't know. Uh, yeah, he'd still be eligible. Yeah, he'll, he'd still be eligible. So he's the guy um, I'm almost – intrigued to watch but then i kind of who would you who would you go with? i am dying to see some colin holba i want to see him get <laughs> no i, I uh, as much as i'd like to see colin holba the guy i'm, I'm gonna be about. tracking his long snaps yeah. you know very very in detail for everyone just to, uh, i'm going to wait on it i'll go juju smith schuster uh you know i just want to see why the steelers at least get a glimpse to see you know why the steelers thought so highly of him that they take him in the second round we mentioned of course the martavis factor but but obviously he's a talented player uh, the red zone threat uh, yeah. that we think he can be. Uh, so that's a guy I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. Uh, again, it's going to be tough without yeah. an NFL quarterback throwing at him. No offense to Joshua Dobbs, but uh-huh. you know a le- legit uh, NFL quarterback and throwing at him they got against the, legit corners. They got the backup from Clemson, Nick Schuessler, too, who will be throwing to him. You at DFA. I think they're going to throw a lot of press man at Smith Schuster because that was his one knock that he's not that fast mm-hmm. and that he kind of struggles to get off man press and really like create separation. So. I want to see that, but I do. I think, in addition to Dobbs, Smith Schuster is the other guy to watch because of football and shorts. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be covering that mini camp uh, yeah. this weekend. We'll do stay a video tuned. after it. Uh, you know, tell you who who impressed or who didn't, mm-hmm. and uh, stay tuned until then.